Hi, I'm Dev from Mega65 and you're listening to Scene World Podcast. Hey, it's the Scene World Podcast. He's Jurg. Hi. He's AJ. Yes. How's it going? Good. How's your How's your throat? Has you Have you recovered from the? Uh... Still having some issues. Ah. From the shouting at Gamescom. Yeah. It was an active time over there. Yeah. Yep. I well, half a million visitors. That's pretty good. Now, I did, mean, did did, did yep. you did you did you get half a million visitors, or did the whole place get half a million visitors? The whole place. Okay. We probably we probably got like ninety percent of the half million. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In a Everybody sec- is loving the retro area, so yeah, the retro area is the best part. In a sec, we have Andre Vishnevsky. He is making new C sixty four power supplies, which is one of those things that's in in heavy demand because the power supplies that Commodore made uh, sucked. And for the C one hundred twenty eight. Yes. And for the Amiga. Yes, but they those power supplies didn't suck quite. They didn't suck as as much. In fact, my uh, the sixty four that I'm using right now, the power supply is a. Um, it's the same thing as a one twenty eight power supply, but it's the power supply that came with the RAM expansion units way back ah, in I the see. day. So and they were like okay. they were much more stable, and I think they may have even been switching power supplies, unlike the sadness resin brick things that. That came I with see. the stuff. Did I ever tell you what I did with my original power supply? No. My my original C sixty four, which was from eighty six or whatever, mm. um, had that just a little brick that know. was you know yeah. full of resin and had kind of fins on it, but didn't do anything because they were made of plastic. And for some reason, like the computer would just sort of lock up after a while, and I realized that it had to do. It was it was entirely like proportional to how hot that power supply got. So being a kid, um, I thought it would be a good idea to take the power supply, put it into a plastic bag and submerge it in ice water, mm. which actually worked. It worked for like a good like year until I could get a replacement power supply. Oh, okay. Because it was just, I guess it was overheating and the voltage was going wonky or something. I don't know if it was dropping wow. or going too high, but putting it into the ice water. If it was going too high, it would have been toast now yeah so <laughs> i i guess it wasn't doing that but that yeah. that ended up working for for a while until i got a replacement here in germany the power supplies from the bread bin model the first model we we, we called elephant elephant toe <laughs> okay. because of the shape oh is that the the they were kind of like like sloped a little bit yes oh, okay yeah. yeah i've seen those yeah, were they yeah. were they all full of resin too? What what's resin actually? Resin, it's like glue. It's like this is real hard no, stuff. Not that not not that I remember. Oh, what they would do, and, and there's videos on YouTube. You can find web pages about this. Um, I know at least in the U.S. and lots of Europe as well. They would take the the power supplies. They put the board and all the you know the components in the bowl, board um, in the case, and then they would just fill the case with this like this this hard plastic glue stuff okay. this resin just to and it was i guess to to both seal it and 
you know, prevent tampering and to act as kind of a heat sink, I guess, though okay. I don't know how effective that is. Mm. So, so it makes him impossible to fix because you open up the power supply and it's just two wires going into a brick, like a solid, mm. like dry glue brick. You can't, you know, you can chisel away stuff maybe, but, but it's, yeah, it's, it's awful. The 128 power supplies and the Amiga power supplies did not have that. Hmm. In fact, I think the Amiga power supplies even had vents to allow for air to get out. Okay. I should, I've got one right over there. I just, but know. actually he said they will go bad too, eventually. Well, eventually anything will go bad, but they're, they're much less likely to go bad than, and, and they put out, you know, they, they put out a higher range of uh, voltages because, mm. like, the 128 had to handle all the extra chips. And I know. the one that I've got for the 64, you know, it was made for the RAM expansion, so it's got that the ability to handle that extra load. So it might, it might not be putting out the optimal amount, but it's still putting out plenty to handle what I've got plugged into it. Mm. And I think they also, if they do go bad, they just kind of go bad. They don't, like, you know, blow up your machine. Like the other Commodore, I wouldn't be too sure about that. I think they're a lot safer in that regard, and they've also got a fuse, which is nice. Anyway, I'm glad you agreed to the interview. Yes, and we talk about power supplies. Yes. Hey, yeah. Uh, before we do that, that'll be in just a minute. Um, don't have too much to cover this time, I don't think, because I don't think anything has happened, really. Um. Well, one thing well, I re- well um. Start with it, oh. I would say. Well, one thing I did see, uh, we mentioned last last uh, podcast, I brought up the Mega 65 again because it's awesome yep. and I like it. Yep. Um, and I was saying that they were still plugging along, getting getting there slowly but slowly. Yeah. And then, like, two days ago, uh, Paul Gardner Stephen, who we talked to, posted on Facebook that um, the new keyboards and keycaps have come in. Mm. And... Holy God, they're they're pretty. They and there's there's pictures of it, and we'll link that to the in the in the podcast description. But sure. there's pictures of it next to a stock Commodore sixty five keyboard, and the new ones look so much nicer and and easier to use. And they mm-hmm. did this thing with the shift and caps lock keys, where like the Amiga keys have just a little kind of like a little hole with an LED mm-hmm. behind it. Mm-hmm. And they sort of did the same thing with this, where there's a notch cut out of the key, with a little... just like the SX64 that yes. worked the same way. Yeah, yeah, the SX64 was just like the Amigas. Yeah, this one has a little notch cut out in the bottom of the key to allow that light to get through. And oh, they they look, they they just look beautiful. So, and I'm... we 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 discussed this um, caps lock topic with Lau, Lau Prex who actually ships the keyboards yes, and I'm I'm having one in the post waiting for me. Awesome. Now I just need the keycaps. Going to do a review video on that? I'm yeah, not very good at review videos. Ah, who cares? Not I, as I put good in, as, as you. Uh, my review videos have, have two minutes of a grasshopper eating a piece of corn. So, I mean... People love it. Well, um... So, so those are two things that are cool. I still want yep. a Mega sixty five real bad, but we'll see when they come out. Hmm. Um, so we discussed the question if the keyboard is too expensive, yeah, or if it's actually worth the money. We will see. I, you know, honestly, I think that it. When you're talking about 
preserving this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like if this keyboard gives the ability to um, to preserve it in, in a better way, because right now most Commodore keyboards have springs and little contacts that have to push down and rubber things that go bad over time, circuit boards that get crusty and old over time. Uh, my old 128D, the keyboard was totally unusable on that thing. Didn't matter how often I cleaned it, didn't matter what I did to it to try to fix it, it was done. And you get something like this, where it's your 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 high end like cherry switches and all this stuff that is easier to if something does break on it, which is pretty unlikely, but if it does, you can replace the switch and mm. continue on. And it kind of it gives it that that longevity that i think that the original hardware kind of lacked because nobody thought about when they made the original 64 hardware they didn't think about whether it was going to still be usable in you know 2018 <laughs> yeah right you know that wasn't even you know 2000 was still you know the the the, the future but now stuff like this the, you know lao is sort of looking into is this going to be still be working in in 2040 you know, how, how well is this going to continue to work into the future? So it's, I think it's a good thing. I, and I think I, I would say it is worth it because again, it gives you that kind of extra insurance that your machine isn't going to explode tomorrow. Or if it does explode, at least the keyboard's still going to be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, there's so many new things, you know, with the 64 reloaded boards, you know, it's a brand new board that helps to eliminate a lot of the crap like the PLA chips and stuff like that. That always yeah, but, went bad. But, but, but this creates new issues. I mean, I was showing a friend here, the Sam Journey, mm-hmm. and the cartridge didn't boot. Why did the cartridge not boot? I figured out because it has not an original PLA. Huh. And well, the PLA is incompatible with Jens Schoenfeld's cartridges. Now, would it work with a 64C? That do, that also doesn't that has the super PLA. It's not a real PLA. That that works. That, that does works. work. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. in that instance, it's probably just a matter of you know a firmware update that needs to get pushed out to the board. I would think. No, no, no. The PLA re- replacements cannot be oh, updated. Okay. They can't be. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, there most of most of most of them have switches. Right. So switch between the different modes and yeah. um, but that's about it. Okay. And well, it's it's known. I mean, for example, um, one says it's just, it does not work with the Epix fast loader, mm-hmm. which is good because I got a different one that works with the Epix fast loader okay. because the Epix fast loader cartridge, the original one, is one of the few cartridges that works on NTSC and Paul. Yeah. It's funny, you know, I... I Talking about the Epix fast load, we got I got into a discussion about this on on I think it was on Facebook, where mm. people were talking about the Epix fast load and how it's you know it's the it's the most awesomest thing ever and it struck me funny because I remember back in the late '80s early '90s in the U.S. anyway people used to dump all over the Epix fast load because uh, that's that's what I had because it was the cheap one you know the, out of all of them. You know, your your super snapshot and super explode and all that other crap. The Epix Fastload was the cheapest of the group. And everybody at the time was, you know, if you were serious about it, you, you had the super snapshot or whatever. Nobody had the Epix. That was a piece of crap. Today, in 2018, the Epix Fastload is the cartridge to have. 
Which is kind of – it's hilarious looking at it in hindsight because, you know, I can't believe how much people used to dump on it when it's a perfectly serviceable – it's not as fast as, as you know, the super snapshot. It, it, and, it, has, a, it has a crude interface, like non-existent. Right. Oh, the interface sucks, yeah. It has an interface if you hit the, um, the British pound. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But you know, but I I liked when I the thing I liked about it was kind of that transparency of the like it was there but it wasn't there. I know why it's sl- slower than. <clears throat> it doesn't blank the screen. Than the others. It doesn't yeah, blank the it screen. Yeah, it doesn't blank the screen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That means it has less IRQ resources or yeah. something. Yeah, I mean it was it was a perfectly workable thing, but you know, again, everyone back then was, if you were serious about it, you had either the super snapshot or you had Jiffy DOS. That's... Here in Germany, here in Europe, it was um, action replay yeah. of Final Cartridge. I hate the Final Cartridge. I hate it so much. My grandfather loved it because of the graphical interface, and he could use it with a mouse. It was it's as a proof of concept and as a gimmick. It was kind of cool. Like, hey, look at that! But then there's nothing you can. There's nothing to do with it really. It's it's you know with that little graphical user interface, you can select all these different little things that are built into it. But then, you know, it's like logo editor. Let's try that. And it just goes to the freaking Centauri logo, logo no, editor. No, before he had the final cartridge, he always um, typed in open to format a disc and yeah. waited for 10 minutes. Yeah. And when he got the final cartridge, he was like, wow, I can I can format the disc in within 20 seconds with a click on a graphic user interface. How awesome is that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, of course, um, the action replay could do it in 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And um, it would load faster. And the freezer, the freezer would be more compatible. But uh, my grandfather, um, well, the only game he actually played was Lemmings. And then he was using it for WizardWrite to write letters, you know? All right. So that were the two primary uses he had for the CX4. So the final cartridge three was perfect for him because he he loved he loved the graphical user interface. Yeah, I, I had it. I wasn't I wasn't a big fan, but it was you know the fast load was pretty quick, and it's one of the few that works with the SD to IEC devices. Uh, uh, final cartridge and Epic's fast load work with them. Super snapshot does not. Hmm. I, you know, I, yeah. for speed, I don't care much about how long it takes to load it. I, 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 my, I like to have the cartridge for like the DOS way, so I don't have to type, you know, open fifteen eight fifteen and all that nonsense. Yeah. You know, I just put the at sign and then your command. Well, well, I liked I liked the action replay more because you could just use the F keys. Yeah. To jump through menu menus mm-hmm. and letters. I, because it was a much much quicker way than using than than using a graphical user interface. Yeah, right. But you know, for um, a seventy something years old computer user, he loved the graphical user interface. He wasn't a, a gamer so much, um, just when he played with me. <laughs> um, but when he used it himself, he used it for Lemmings and um, Visa Visa yeah. right. Do we have any other news? Is anything else going on? Not, not, not really much. Yeah. Hmm. It's a nice, quiet Commodore week. Well, everybody was concentrating on 
on Gamescom. Seriously. And trying to squeeze whatever little bit of summer is left before it gets cold, and then everyone comes inside and starts doing things again. Well, we have 31 degrees here in Germany today. I can't complain. Yeah. Anyway, so I guess that's about what we got for for this one. So, so, so Andre is waiting right there to talk about some power supplies. So yeah, let's go hang out with him. Get the get the power to you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Okay, let's start. What okay. do you want to know? I was a bit surprised with your invitation, you know, because Steam uh, World magazine uh, is is not uh, how to say. I'm making the PSU, you know, so it's not very uh, related with the things you are talking about in your magazine. Well, I think it is in a way, because recently we spoke to Lau Prex, for example, who is working mm -hmm. on the C64 keyboard. Yes, and, I, saw, I saw this. Yeah. And, and Peter Reichenbach, who is working on a C128 remastered. So I think this has something to do with it. And it's especially interesting because I know here in Germany a lot of people in the 90s made power supplies out of uh, PC PSUs and they stopped doing that uh, like five years ago because of the EU regulations and said it's too dangerous to do it because if something goes wrong, you are responsible for the fault and that is why most people don't do it anymore here in Germany. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I was yes. very happy to see somebody in Poland, even with a CE sign, is doing power supplies and, and not something somebody would build at home, but really professional, you know, with a manual and with a proper casing. So that yes, is why uh, I wanted to talk to you, because it's something special. Uh, oh, it's nice to hear. But in fact, this this PSU from my company are uh, are not considered as a commercial project. Uh, you seriously, okay? Yeah, yeah, because uh, uh, it's a side project, you know. I'm generally I'm involved in something different. Uh, in business, in life, and this was uh, something like a hobby project, a side project of my work. Uh, and perhaps um, it looks like uh, it's it's released for for the money or, or a business, but in fact it's not. It's like a side project of my company. Uh, the main purpose was mm, to give some alternative power supply for Commodore uh, C64 uh, to preserve some of these old computers as, uh, as, as the old PSU can be dangerous and you know it for, for sure. Yeah? <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. And you know how things are in the C64 community. When somebody starts something new, rumors are spreading and people are doubting it. It's like the C64 Mini, but it started like two years ago from the Indiegogo mm -hmm. campaign. People were like, maybe this is fake, maybe they are just taking the money and not releasing anything. 
people are really very um, doubtful when a new project is starting. I think it is because in the past there was a lot of promise for the C64 hardware community and a lot of people never released, you know. So yeah, but, I think uh, that is why people are skeptical from the first place. Yeah, they are skeptical and, you know, the community, I mean the retro uh, computing community, not in, in general, not only the Commodore 64, uh, they are quite closed, you know, as a community. So if something new just showed up, they are really skeptical and uh, there is a lot of hate, you know, because when I was releasing the first units, it was in Poland about two years ago, uh, it was... Uh, it was really not not uh, very good at this moment. I it was the first prototype stage, and I s sold about five or ten units just to gather some of uh, feedback from the users, and uh, mostly it was good. But uh, th there always is some user that uh, uh, spreading the the worst information uh, about this PSU um, into the internet, into the forums, and not uh, getting back with the feedback uh, to support this project or help with developing, but uh, just, uh, I don't know, it's, he's pleased with, uh, with spreading the, the um, how to say, it's something about marketing. I see maybe there is a conflict of interest somewhere. Okay, uh, as I said, it, it was never considered as a commercial uh, project. Uh, you have to understand that uh, making this kind of PSU is uh, really time consuming. consuming. Uh, you have to uh, hire some men to assembly the units, you have to pay them, and uh, this PSU is not very uh, expensive, as I can see, uh, there are so, so, some jokes on the forums that it's not even as expensive as, as one full uh, fueling of your car, you know. Okay. Uh, so maybe uh, is a good reason to give it a try, because uh, uh, my my main uh, idea was to give a reliable uh, power supply with a low cost. Uh, it's not a real problem to make the PSU for 100 or 200 euros, and it will be superb <laughs> as you know but uh, the problem is when you are you are you you have to set your limit about 40 euros and uh, take some profit from this to 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 pay your employ employees and and taxes so the you, the margin you have from this uh, sale is really low not considered as, as, as my 
commercial or business life, but uh, it's more like a hobby, you know. You say it, you, you vote one of these units. Are you satisfied with this or not? I, I'm perfectly satisfied. I mean, I even wrote you and asked you if you can do C128 and you wrote me like maybe it's too expensive because of the dedicated power plug Commodore used mm -hmm. and then like a few weeks later you released it and it was at, at a good price and I was like wow great they really listen to feedback you know yeah but this kind of feedback is very constructive uh, I can you know, it's, it's a pleasure to hear some kind of constructive feedback, but the, most of the feedback I got uh, is positive, but uh, the people left no... Uh, just giving positive feedback, but they are not explaining it, giving no information. If I get some information, it's usually connected with negative feedback. It's ah, really, it's bad. really rare, uh, rare. I, as you can see, the feedback on eBay, um, it's 99% more than 99% positive. Yeah. But if something interesting is happening with the feedback, it's always related with uh, negative feedback. So this feedback from you very constructive and positive and this kind of it can really move the things forward you know uh, you know there is this american guy that also does power supplies and he started releasing the 220 volts one for the c128 it's not bad it costs like 110 euros with the um with the german vat i had to pay on top of it but it looks like homemade it doesn't look like a professional power supply. And if I have the choice between a professional looking power supply with a CE sign and something that looks like homemade, I would rather go with the professional one, you know. Um, and that's that's the thing. I, I you, mean, you, said, uh, you mean, yeah. sorry, you mean the Ray Carson's uh, PSU from USA or... Or something uh, yes, different. Yes, yes, yes. Ray exactly. Carson. Yeah, yes. but he's the, you know him. Yeah, I think you should know him. I see the guru of uh, I, I know who 64 yes. repairs. Yeah. Yes, yes. And his power supplies are good, but they are looks like homemade. But for sure they are protected and uh, will never harm your uh, Commodore. But it's expensive, especially when you are trying to buy and get one of these to Europe. Yeah, from exactly, the because States. the VAT is coming on top of it. And sometimes you have the problem that custom is controlling the parcel and saying, there's no CE sign on it, so you have to return it to sender. Sometimes that's a problem. But uh, Ray Carlson, he is selling it over um, fulfillment by eBay and then mm -hmm. eBay is making all the custom stuff though they they are not checking you personally um, but the problem is the parcel service is really rough with um, the parcels you know and mm -hmm. when the power supply arrived the metal had a big dent in it from the from the shipping company unfortunately it, it yeah. worked but you can see it has been beaten up by by the parcel shipping company unfortunately you know 
<laughs> yeah, and the second thing, the the USA AC voltage is different. Uh, I don't know if this uh, PSUR were tested with European voltages or not. Uh, probably they are uh, universal. Yeah. No, no, he is releasing a separate version for America and separate ah, okay. version for Europe. Um, okay. But but the reason was is. When I when I plan to use them, let's say at Gamescom at a big fair or any any anywhere officially, I cannot I cannot come up with a homemade looking power supply. You know, that's a mm -hmm. bit of a problem, especially when when an insurance is asking you what is that and was it what it's worth if you are. If you run a booth at Gamescom or any other fair that is professional, they will ask you, what are you going to exhibit? Um, is this thing what you show secure, you know? So I'd rather yeah, but go with something that looks professional. We are talking about very old uh, computer gear, yeah? So it's 30, 30, maybe more years old right now. If you are using original power supply, it's uh, it's not C marked too, so uh, <laughs> yeah. So the Commodore computer itself is not C marked uh, too. So right now, if you are uh, able or, or, or if you can make a test for C certificates for the Commodore computer itself, uh, it won't pass it. You know what I mean. So, I know. Yes. Uh, Fortunately, fortunately yeah, yeah. the rule says only devices from 95 or newer have to have have to pass the CE certification. So yes, older yes, yes. devices don't matter. Yes, but uh, just to have a uh, entire view on this problem, uh, we are using very old computer gear, 35 years old, let's say, and uh, we are using all old uh, PSUs, uh, power supplies, and that are not... Did you ever open the original power supply from Never. Commodore no, 64? I'm not a professional. Never. Never. Uh, you, you have to take one of the broken ones and, and try to open it and see what's inside. You will be a bit uh, uh, shocked, I think. <laughs> so... Uh, Right now we are taking the new power supplies and we are re replacing the old one. The old one is uh, made with a large transformer uh, and uh, it's taking the, 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 the current uh, or energy even if it's not in use. It's just plugged into the uh, main power. Yeah? So uh, we are changing it for a new one. It's it's kind. It should be considered, I think, as a part of a vintage computer system. Uh, let's say internal part, not the general PSU. So you can I, you can take this PSU and connect to any other equipment. Uh, it's dedicated for computer only. So. You said it's a hobby project, so how did that actually start? And how did you start with that retro hobby? Is it like with most people with playing video games? 
I'm 40 years old right now, so uh, it was probably uh, early 90s, because in Poland we were very delayed. Uh, <laughs> we, were, we were behind Iron Curtain, you know, because uh, we have uh, Russian influences, so Western world was uh, three years ahead, especially in computers. So, as Commodore 64 was um, probably um, very popular in 80s in Germany, uh, in Poland it was about five years later. <laughs> so, in my in my uh, case it was about 90 or 90, 91. Uh, I. I I got my first C64 uh, computer, it was a used one, uh, we cannot afford for a new one, and they are, um, you know, they, it was hard to buy it in Poland. So, uh, yeah, I started with, with, the, with the games, of course, <laughs> and it was a it's, maybe it's w weird right now, but it was uh, illegal games. I mean, the, the, we cannot afford to get legal software, and the law in Poland, uh, the regulation in Poland, uh, was very. Um, I would say they, 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 it was not prepared for the copyright for software, so. Everyone, including governmental or uh, universities, governmental uh, offices, or or even big companies, were using illegal software uh, these days. <laughs> so uh, the games we were using on the C64 were also uh, mostly illegally, uh, you know, copied by copied by. Uh, from the tape to tape, you know what I mean. I don't know how it was by days in 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 uh, Germany. Uh, I had no original as a kid. No way. All, no. Yeah. Yeah. All cracks with nice intros and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of software came from Germany here to Poland already cracked. So the intros and uh, and the music in intros and the cracks in nerves were were. were Often very mm, much more interesting than uh, in the game itself. You know? <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> That's true, the, actually, yes. Yeah, the game was spreading just because the intro uh, from the cracked, uh, cracker group. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I remember some some of the intros, and they were really interesting. And the game uh, after the intro was. Often a uh, disappointment. <laughs> disappointment. Okay. So, how did that start? That you said, I'm making now my own power supplies and giving the supply to seniors worldwide. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was a very hard start uh, because uh, for me it was uh, it was side project some kind. Uh, how to say re, re, way to relax? <laughs> uh, I was I I, I, I sold my original C64 
about 20 years ago, maybe 30 years ago. And uh, I returned in my memory to these moments with uh, C64 very often. And I decided to buy some used uh, computer or, or some kind of eBay uh, um, Polish version of eBay called Allegro. And these used computers are very poor uh, condition. So I, I put my eyes uh, by two or three of them and put uh, the in from three units one working. Uh, so when it was working again, you know, the memories came back and I, I tried to load some very old games to, so, to show them to my son. Uh, I have two sons, one is five years old and the second one is three years old. So I, I want to show them the old school gaming. Uh, and uh, guess what? <laughs> Just uh, after 15 minutes, my C64 just blew, blew up, blew up. Uh, okay, I, I buy another two units and uh, one of them was working. So, uh, prepared my original uh, 64 and it turns out that the RAM chips were bought. So I start to investigate what's really happened, uh, and I'm electronic engineer. I have a master degree, so should uh, be a, it should be a cake for you to do that because you are professional. You know, it's not uh, no, this. This was easy. I mean, the f finding uh, the failure case, but. Uh, the C64 is not a really easy uh, design. It's, it's, it's from current perspective is really weird, weird you know. Uh, if you are looking on the schematic and uh, on the board, uh, sometimes uh, perhaps only the developers know the ideas they, they, they put into this board. But from our current perspective of, of digital electronics, we know right now, no, nowadays, uh, it's weird and some kind, uh, you know, it's it's kind of interesting and 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 beauty in this in this old gear. Okay, but I, I finally I came up that the PSU was fault and the voltage uh, was probably too high and my RAM chips get blue. Uh, some, I, I was frustrated uh, and angry, so I decided to make my own PSU, replacement one. Uh, the, the strange thing it was that uh, me measured voltages from the original PSU were, was correct. Uh, they were they were nothing wrong with them. Uh, so I think this was a very short voltage spike. You know the the high voltage spike on the five volts uh, line that burns your chips, but. Uh, uh, you can measure it with multimeter or something like this. Uh, it's happened uh, when when uh, old um, capacitors in the uh, PSU 
uh, are malfunctioning. But I decided to uh, make a new one, new PSU. First, I, I, I just buy a regular PSU and connect to my C64. But the, I realized that there is no uh, replacement PSU on the market. So I, I thought that it will be maybe a good idea to make this kind of PSU uh, and offer to other users uh, to prevent them from this frustration I had with my own, in, in my own case. So uh, I made five units and uh, five or ten and sell them uh, to, in fact, not to to earn to get any profit, but to to get feedback. And the feedback was mixed. Uh, some was very good, and the other was devastating. Uh, so I just listened to the feedback and one by one start to make the things better. Mm, and right now we have sixth or, or seventh uh, release of the of the PSU I mean version uh, and which every next version I fix some some issues we have uh, according to feedback from the users but right now the feedback is quite good and the users are mostly happy so I believe we are close to the final stage for this kind of PSU. Uh, I know there is some bad uh, rumors about this PSU, but it's mostly about the first unit. Units, they were sold only in pond. And uh, I agree, it was not ready then, it was about two years ago. But now it's totally different. Uh, we are using the very good quality components. For example, the transformer units uh, are made in Germany, so they are CE marked uh, by manufacturer, German uh, company. And uh, uh, switching mode power supply uh, module we are using is also very good quality, a good, uh, well-known company also certified by C markings and some of other certificates. So uh, this year right now it's quite good quality and uh, should be durable durable and uh, work as it should for a very long time. I, I've add some protection, additional protection to these units. Uh, I mean over voltage protection to prevent some kind of over voltage stages, uh, but just in case, because they shouldn't happen with this architecture. Uh, <laughs> but just know. in case, yeah. yeah, just in case, it's it's uh, uh, the trigger is set very low. I mean, about uh, 5.2 or 5.3 voltage. Uh, and uh, if something more than this value will will came from the PSU, it will, it will be shut down. So uh, for the computer, I mean the Commodore C64, it's, it's safe. Well, 
I gave you the feedback that I really would like to have one for the 128 and your answer was that maybe it's impossible and maybe it's turning out to be too expensive. And then, as we said, a few weeks later, you released it. And it's not too expensive. It's, I think, like 10 euros more than the other power supply I bought from you. That is the Z64 and mm -hmm. 1541 combo unit. So mm -hmm. let's talk a bit about that. Why is such a problem to make a C128 power supply? You know, it's not a technical problem with the PSU itself. The problem is with the power plug. You know, the power plug is very specific. I mean, it's a rectangular shape and five pins DIN plug. And they are very rare at this moment. You, you can, you, it's, it's very hard to buy them. I have one source. Uh, but the plugs are expensive, and at the moment you gave me the feedback with the C128, I didn't have this source for these plugs, so uh, that's why I said it was it will be probably too expensive because I was considering to make uh, my own plugs. I mean, with the 3D printer or to order some injection mold to 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 make the connector by my by my own but uh, finally i found the source for these connectors and it was possible to release the the bigger uh, psu stronger for the c128 this computer is not very common uh, common not very popular so I do it like a, like a hobby. There's no profit from this model because I sold just a few units. It seems that uh, C128 was really not very popular in Europe. Perhaps in in, in Germany it was more more popular, but in Poland it was really rare. I have my own unit here right my, uh, at my office uh, to test the power supplies but it was very hard to find the working unit here in, in Polish market. Do you have uh, C128? Yes I have two yeah. of them and that is why I bought it. I bought one from eBay that was broken and the power supply did a clicking sound when I was shaking it and I was like, okay, you're not going to connect that. That sounds dangerous. So, <laughs> so I was, that is why actually I was buying the power supply from you because I got the one from my grandfather repaired and I didn't want to instantly break it again by connecting a bad power supply. Are you using the CP CPM system or on this computer or no no not no. really, not really. <laughs> yeah, this would be very interesting uh, okay uh, does it make a difference if you use the CPM does it make a difference for the power supply no 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 not for a power supply I'm just asking because ah. it's interesting you know this system was quite interesting and I it was unfortunately too, no, no too, too slow too slow on the C128 and that is why it failed. 
Yeah, maybe you're right, but it was very interesting, and uh, I never used this boat uh, in the C128, so it would be interesting to to run this maybe just for a try. Okay, but never it's not did it either. But it's it's a good project for the future to to take on. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Uh, for the power supply point of view, this this is making no difference. So you can use it with CPM or or regular uh, C64 emulation, any mode you want. I mean, the C128 has a whole different set of other problems. For example you barely get any monitor that can display the CPN mode in color. Yeah, Those yeah, cables yeah. you get for LCD TVs are just black and white. So that's a whole different problem there. So not only are you missing a source for working power supplies that are secure, but also finding a 1084 monitor that you connect it with because your TV will only release uh, um, show the CPM picture black and white. Yes, uh, you know I'm using it in uh, C128 mode and in C64 mode, and uh, I'm connected to the LCD monitor with the cable. Uh, I don't know. At the moment, but the the, the picture is uh, or so uh, maybe it's just a cable um, type. Uh, it's weight of electronic and electric equipment. So this regulation is also uh, very hard to obey. For example, I have for every uh, pay a fee. For every single unit I put on the uh, market, you know, so uh, it will be best for the for me if users uh, processing the new PSU will return his old PSU to me, and I will uh, make a uh, professional waste of this. Uh, but they, you know, they never want to <laughs> to do this. Either as they want to keep the original PSU for for sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you if you understand what I mean. Yes, of course. If you have the original PSUs that mostly kill devices anyway, you can use the components of the old PSU and recycle them and reuse the materials from it. Right? Yes, yes. But in, in fact, it's also. Um, uh, how to say this uh, regulation? I mean, is is not working. Simply not working across the European Union. But we are talking about the politics or, or regulations right now, and this is not the subject of our uh, of our uh, interview. As I mean, let's face it. Where does many old electronic and even cars go to to Africa? Yeah. If they recycle it afterwards, it stopped working totally. I doubt it, you know. You know, this re recycling process in Africa is better than in Europe, too, because they are really <laughs> taking out it. Every, every component and reusing it, you know, as, or using this uh, as, it, as, it, as it is. So instead of manufacturing new components or new 
power supplies, they are using the old ones, uh, if they are good. Yeah. So uh, it's good to have some uh, common common sense of uh, reason. I don't know how to say. Uh, uh, you have to. Think, I mean, I mean uh, not follow the rules uh, without uh, uh, thinking. Yeah. Of course, yes. So, so I wonder, as you said, some some feedback is good, something fit is bad. Are there any future plans for your power supply project? Yes, yes. First of all, I have to make this this unit. Uh, there is few uh, there is few uh, issues right now uh, reported by users, so I have to fight these issues. Seriously, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. How much how much can you improve a power supply? I mean, it's yeah, working or it's not it's, working, isn't it? No, like it's, this? no? It's, it's not not exactly like this because uh, there is several f physical. Uh, how to say, for example, if your system is drawing very high currents, I mean three or four amps, uh, and you are using the power cable that is uh, almost two meters long, long the, there is a voltage drop, drop on the cable itself. Uh, okay. And and it's significant, you know, it can be 0 0.1 or 0 0.2 volts. So uh, perhaps in my next uh, PCU release, I will move up uh, the output voltage a little bit to uh, compensate the voltage drop on cable. But uh, it's, a, it's a bit dangerous for the uh, systems that are not uh, equipped with the um, you know mo modern cartridges or SD card or something like this uh, because the the voltage may be too high so I have to make a good balance or make a uh, PSU that is giving the regulation for the users uh, so the user will decide how uh, should be the voltage level uh, at the PSU output so it will be adjustable uh, it's not uh, it's not important for uh, maybe for regular user but some advanced users are connecting very uh, large amounts of equipment to the Commodore systems and it's drawing a lot of cu current so uh, in this case this uh, this may be significant so I think they are the uh, potential customers for the new model with adjustable uh, output interesting uh, I have to admit um, like 20 years ago when I joined the demo scene, Z64 and stuff, my grandfather was the technical wits. He, he did all the, you know, repairs and all that stuff. And I know in 1998 I got a, a super CPU 
And the, mm-hmm. the in the manual of the super CPU, they wrote only use Commodore power supplies that has the label on it high pot tested, or otherwise mm-hmm. the system will not work. And I remember that if I had power supplies not with that sticker on it, that sometimes you know the amount of bytes free wouldn't be correct or the system wouldn't turn on or suddenly turn off just because the power uh, the power supply couldn't handle the super CPU. And I even had a few cases where my grandfather had to replace the power switch. Mm-hmm. And I, I I never understood to this day why why the power switch had a problem when the super CPU was connected. Uh, you know, in fact, the super CPU was is not drawing um, uh, too much current, as I as I remember, it's about about zero point five amps more, or maybe maybe even less. So, uh, but uh, stronger uh, power supply was recommended. I I remember that the the users were using C128 PSU for the super um, CPU. I have one customer with the super uh, CPU and the feedback was good, but he's using the uh, the combo uh, PSU, I mean the one for the Commodore C64 and the uh, floppy drive, yeah, uh, but without the floppy drive, so the current output is, is, is close to 4 amps, so it will handle the super CPU and some uh, memory extension card too. Oh, that's good info. Never tried that. I, I still have it. Maybe I should try it sometime. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if uh, there is... Uh, I didn't... Perhaps you know, but I do, didn't know the software using for the, the RAM extension. Uh, so I cannot... If, even if I have one, I will never uh, have a chance to to use it uh, actively, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, there are a few things that are working are surprisingly good. For example, Test Drive is working perfectly on it, because when the coders did code Test Drive in 87, they made a frame rate limitation oh, in the okay. game. So despite you have... Uh, no, 20, 20 times more speed, the game is never running too fast. They are locking the frame rate. So mm-hmm. it's it's um, running a lot faster than on a stock C64, but it's not running too fast. So I'm really using it for such games sometimes. It's really a pleasure, you know. And sometimes there are even super CPU fixed games so the game wouldn't run too fast. And that yeah. is my main use for the super CPU, I have to say. So I en- I can enjoy some games without using emulation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it seems you are really passionate, you know. <laughs> well, I'm passionate and I'm really happy to live in this times where so many people are releasing new hardware, recreating power supplies and keyboards of course it's not cheap but 
is it's a decision either risk the life of your machine or invest some money in it and make sure you don't kill it with the working power supply uh, i mean yeah, yeah. you don't kill it with the broken power supply of course yeah, yeah but uh, the power supply is, is 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 on the one end and the uh, very interesting hardware projects are on the second end on this uh, entire retro computing world so uh, uh, Sometimes uh, you know very well that there is a lot of interesting projects for C64, I mean the hardware projects, so uh, let me say, say it straight, uh, these projects will be never uh, comply with uh, modern rules because uh, and regulation because they will have to be mass produced uh, to to make uh, some f f you know money to make the test and certificates and, and so on so uh, here in, in the retro uh, computing world we are stuck in the some kind of um, closed environment you know there is very hard to release some kind of new hardware and make it uh, uh, com comply with the all regulation around uh, that are uh, re releasing or, or relating to uh, modern electronic equipment you know uh, the cells of this PCU are not very high and uh, merging That's surprising me. I thought more people would buy it you know, you can see how much, uh, how many people is is buying on eBay. Around maybe 100 units were sold from the beginning. So it's not a large scale of production. So I think you are a, a bit overrated me at the beginning. <laughs> Who knows? It's, it's anyway an interesting topic to talk about, nevertheless. Uh, yeah, I, uh, it's not mass production, it's not a uh, uh, large-scale business, I'm, uh, I'm related, uh, not, not, not related, but uh, I'm involved in some other business uh, in electronics, but the PSU, as I said, is a side project. Uh, but if I will take the C64 PSU as a single project or separate project, uh, it's probably not not making any. Uh, I probably have to put some money into this <laughs> to oh, run see. this. You know, uh, that's why I was a bit surprised that you you want to speak about this. And as I said, my main. Uh, reason to, to release this PSU was to uh, to save some of these uh, old beautiful computers uh, to make them work a few years longer or uh, preserve them for future generations like my child's my, my sons that uh, you know they are they are growing up in the world that uh, is inf infiltrated with the electronics and the internet and computers That's everywhere in, in, in your in your in your watch in your in your telephone 
for example, you can use a watch that is stronger than than C64. Yeah, I mean That's the CPU inside much uh, stronger. So they can't understand the beginnings. Yeah, so it's it's good to preserve some units to last ten, maybe maybe fifteen years uh, longer to be able to show them. Uh, I mean the the the, the childs like my uh, my boys uh, after ten or fifteen years how it was in eighties I was uh, I think it will be fifty years ago this moment yeah. so uh, it's some kind of home museum but. Uh, there is a lot of some kind of some kind of sentiment in in in, in people uh, growing up in the 80s, and they are reaching in their memory to to the first computers and first uh, coding ex uh, experiences and uh, gaming. Uh, so they are looking at the attics and the garages and the basements for the old computers. Uh, you know, forgotten for for twenty or thirty years, and they are uh, trying to run it, and sometimes just uh, you know burn with the smoke because of ESU or That's something true. like that. Yeah, so perhaps uh, just for these people, it's better to to change PSU. Uh, before they will try, or if they want to play some more, mm, perhaps uh, it's good to to to, to buy a new PSU. Um, but what what can I say? It's not the perfect PSU. I mean, we can make it better, but it will be not at this price range. And um, one of my first. Uh, mm, how to say my, one of my first points when I was considering leasing this PSU was to make it affordable, you know, to to, to not to make it uh, too expensive. But you will never uh, reach the real people because it will be simply too expensive. I think it will be better to buy few Commodore units and make them burn <laughs> one after another <laughs> yeah uh, instead see. of uh, uh, paying 200 euros for psu it depends i mean we we had the same topic with lao prex who is working on the replacement z64 keyboards and one unit will probably cost about 120 euros and we also had this question will somebody ever invest so much money in a keyboard you know but the thing is, it's probably depending on how much you harden on it. As I said, the C128 is from my grandfather. It mm -hmm. was broken for eight years because he died before he was able to repair it. And I just got it back a, a month ago repaired. So I don't, I don't care if I in if I invest 60 or 70 euro just to make sure I don't break it again by connecting a bad power supply, you know, it's family memory for me. And I want to, rest I want to, um, archive that memory. And 
I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that would say, take my money, I don't care how much it costs, I just want to make sure I don't break it, you know? Yeah, but but you know, I don't, uh, I don't want to have a feeling that uh, uh, someone is paying too much for this. Uh, uh, that's you why... Want to, you don't want to rip off people? Yeah, it's... Uh, if you will open this PSU, I mean my PSU, you will Never see the com com components. If you if you if you want, you can open. Uh, you will see the components. This is uh, they are quite good quality. So uh, the, the the price, the final price you are paying for is the assembly price, uh, shipping, uh, packing, and uh, the components, and very low margin to keep this business running. So if I will have to leave from the PSUs, I probably will uh, never, never uh, keep on going because uh, there is no profit on this, you know. Uh, it's something like a mission to, to deliver this PSU to the market, uh, to save some old computers, to make, uh, you know, high money on, on this. Uh, Attitude changed a lot. I remember 20 years ago, people said, "If you see one of the, if you see 64 is broken, just uh, waste it and get a new one. You know, trash it and get a new one." But nowadays, 20 years later, when prices are getting high on eBay and old devices are getting rare, people are rather for preserving and repairing. So this yeah. whole repairing business is coming up again in a way you know and now that we have this retro hype everybody is is in the need or wanting to relive the 80s we don't have enough computers from the 80s to make everybody playing them you know so yeah, um, it's, it's it's not so easy actually yeah, but uh, it's not only about the price because uh, probably for for the West Europe there is no big problem to pay one or two hundred euros for C64 working in good condition. But that depends on what your job is. I mean, if you are living, if you are um, hired in a call center here in Germany. You, you you really can't afford to travel or buy something expensive from the internet. It really depends how good your income is, you know. Yes, yes, it's exactly like here in Poland, but uh, if you have to pay 200 euros in Poland, it's really a lot of money here. And this is the price for a very good uh, quality and working condition uh, Commodore 64 here, yeah? Uh, I mean, tests and in, in working condition from 100 to 200 euros uh, and uh, you are getting no warrant, warranty that it will work a uh, uh, few days more you know <laughs> you, you can receive it and it's broken and uh, without the warranty your money is simply lost so the problem is not the price but the quality of this gear so if you have the working machine at your home or on your desk, it's probably better to take care on 
it, uh, to preserve it, to make it working longer, uh, instead of thinking uh, about replacement to another one, because you will never know what will came from the eBay action or, or something like this. Exactly. Yes. Something is sometimes it's, it's really uh, trash. You know. I mean. Uh, That's true. I I've ordered several. You know. I, because of this PSU and, and because of the memories, I start to buy some old computers and uh, my home collection getting larger and larger is out of control right now, I think. Uh, so I have several C64s, uh, uh, Amiga 500s, uh, C128. So I know this condition of, of the gear uh, that I, I was buying on eBay or, or some kind of places is really poor. So sometimes I have to uh, open two or three units to make uh, one working from these components. So uh, and also they they are already repaired so they are not sealed you know, by the original seal but were already opened so you you never know what's what's inside um, yeah but, uh, uh, returning to PSU we, we we've released the Amiga 500 uh, PSU also so uh, it's also retro computing uh, maybe not uh, like C64, but uh, there is a lot of people using Amiga and uh, big Amiga community. I don't know if you if you like this uh, computer or not, or if you are. Of course, I like it. I I never I never had it. I mean, we went from the C64 straight to the PC. Yeah, yeah, but uh, here in Poland, uh, the Amiga 500 was a, like a dream. If you had, if you had a Commodore 64, you were dreaming about Amiga. It was too expensive, so we simply can't afford. And uh, the, even the diskets are were very expensive here in Poland. So the, the oh, software. Yeah. Software copying were were difficult because in in you know I was really disappointed uh, a few years ago when I get my first uh, floppy drive for C64 because uh, when I was young uh, I was young uh, and I was using my first C64 I was using the tape uh, the data I mean, set. Data set and that regular, you know, sets. I mean tapes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they were in turbo mode. I never n knew the regular uh, mode recorded tape uh, these days, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. I had no idea. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I never have a single uh, game or, or any software recorded in regular standard mode uh, or were in turbo mode. I mean the ABC turbo or something like this. Uh, and I was extremely disappointed when I got my first uh, floppy drive for the C64. It was two or three years ago. 
because it's slower than the turbo that's yeah <laughs> that's so true yes I, that's I, because of a design flaw in the operating system for the serial yeah. data transfer they never fixed that Yes, uh, you you can fix this by your own, but uh, I was disappointed because w when I was a child, I mean the teenager, uh, I was considering this this floppy drive like a, you know, ho ho holy grail. You know, uh, I want to have it, uh, but it was too expensive, so I can't afford. But after 25 years it's turned out that it was slower than the data sets uh, that I, I was using. Of course, it has some some advantages, but uh, the speed is not not not, not one of them. Uh, so I had I had an I had an interesting experience recently buying a floppy game on eBay. I got Last Ninja, a game that mm -hmm. you probably know, right? Yes, yes. It's a famous Which game from 87. Everybody loved it. And it's from System 3. And the thing is, they were British. And in UK, most people didn't want to buy the expensive floppy disk games. They just, just, want, uh, they just went for the much cheaper tape versions. Though the disc version of Last Ninja is poor crap, seriously, because they are using a fast loader that is constantly accessing the disc drive as you play the game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's a real floppy killer, you know, because even the old 1541 that has the internal PSU inside, they would break after a few hours running nonstop. So... <laughs> I was really like, are they serious? And you and you cannot switch off the drive because then the fast loader routine in the floppy memory will be erased and then you can't load the next level. So yes, yes, the I UK know. the UK was really bad on some floppy disk releases. I was so shocked. I mean how can they release a game like that, you know? I mean even in 87, you could buy the game and, and buy a second floppy because it would probably kill your first one that you have. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you yeah. I have a different experience with uh, the Last Ninja. I started with La Last, Last Ninja 2, not the first, uh, but the se second version, you know. And I, I saw these graphics and wow, I was really uh, surprised. Uh, it was... Uh, it was something new. I never seen something like this, and I want to play, but I had no uh, floppy drive. So uh, the hackers here in Pont, probably in Germany too, they just cut this uh, uh, game into the levels, and each level was saved separately to the tape, and you were uh, loading the single level playing it and after finishing this level you have to load another one from the tape but of course if you had some kind of uh, weapon, weapons or something uh, to carry from one level to another you lose this uh, uh, so you never can you, you can never finish this game but you can play each level to see some climate or, or to taste it you know, without floppy disks so yeah, uh, the last ninja is the game 
probably everyone remember. <laughs> I just remember the first um, release on floppy disk because it was poor crap. Just because they never cared about using a loader, that is mm. really useful. Mm -hmm. I guess that is why it's so expensive nowadays to get it on floppy disk because nobody bought it back in the 80s in UK because people were too cheap. Like, why should I Why should I invest 20 pounds for a disk version if I can get the tape version for 10, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so you are um, buying these old uh, original games. Uh, you, are, uh, you like to do it cl classic, classic way, I, I, as I'm I suppose. I'm a collector, yes. Uh, so you are not using this SD to EAC uh, devices. I mean, using the SD cards or image uh, floppy images. Uh, I I have an Ultimate fifteen forty one, but I use it for tape remastering. I have to admit, mm -hmm. and for disk transferring, I'm using Warp Copy, and I'm using a retro replay with the Rnet network adapter. So I'm I'm yeah, yeah. Um, I'm doing it over Ethernet Ethernet mm -hmm. yes. that's converting. Okay. That's for me a lot more convenient to make it over the internal network than fiddling with USB sticks and SD cards, you know. Yeah, but uh, this what I want to preserve is the classic way. So to make the copy of of the game to the discs. Sure, um, I have I have, so, I have, um, yeah. I have a, a parallel floppy, and I'm I'm imaging the original discs, including the copy protection. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. Yeah. So, because I want to show this to my sons, uh, how it was back then in in the eighties, uh, and to do this, I want the classic way. I, I don't want to use SD cards or internet because. Uh, the, the spirit of the 80s is disappearing then, yeah? Exactly. Um, yeah, so the, this was also the reason why I was uh, releasing the, 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 the PS, uh, PSU. Okay, uh, do you have any other question about this PSU? Because, uh, <laughs> but one thing I didn't ask: How do you pronounce your name? Because I'm really poor on po Polish name pronunciation. Uh, this is uh, in English is Andrew, and in Polish is Andrzej. 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 Tak. It's it's good. Your pronunciation is almost perfect. Almost. almost. Thank you. Yeah, it's and, very hard. And your to speak. last name? Oh, it's it's difficult. <laughs> it's, it's I difficult. I would pronounce it like Vishnevsky. Yes, it's very good, very good, yeah. very good. Okay. Uh, so you have you had to practice, I think. <laughs> I don't want to 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 talk entire night. So thank you for the interview. Thank me. Thank you for thank you invitation. Too. Keep. Uh, Keep up the good work and keep on going. Same your to magazine, you. Yeah, your, your magazine is very interesting. I didn't know about it before you, you, your invitation. Okay. Right now, I'm I have an eye on it, so I will I will look your uh, Facebook page and and what's happening and next interviews, and uh, I wish you all the best. Thank you. Same to you. Keep in touch. <laughs> good yeah, night. Good night. Bye. Bye. What?